a happy early Valentine's Day. And yes, we are going to talk about Love Story from 1970, uh, directed by Arthur Hiller, written by Eric Siegel. It starred Ally McGraw and Ryan O'Neill. Uh, it won one Oscar for Best Score. It was nominated for a number of other Oscars, Picture, Best Picture, Actor, Actress, Supporting Actor, Director, Screenplay. Didn't win any of the big ones, but uh, uh, it was uh, uh, the most popular movie of 1970. In fact, it was the number one box office hit of 1970. And it was a huge uh, moneymaker for Paramount Pictures. It had a budget of two, uh, $2.2 million, and it grossed $173 million. So uh, that's a pretty big score. Uh, and it was a really important film in actually turning around the fortunes of Paramount under uh, <clears throat> the legendary president, Robert Evans. He would uh, have a, a, you know, a, he was counting on Love Story to be a hit, and it was. Uh, he was banking on Godfather a couple years later. Uh, so this is part of that early turnaround of Paramount Pictures. It's listed as number nine on the AFI's uh, list of 100 greatest love stories. And uh, the film also spawned a uh, a trove of imitations, parodies, homages, and countless films uh, kind of re-energized the melodrama on the silver screen and sort of set the template for the, the quote-unquote chick flick that uh, uh, would proliferate in the decades following. Um, the, the classic line of the movie, love means never having to say you're sorry, was voted uh, number 13 as the greatest movie quote of all time uh, by the AFI list in 2005. It, it, it's a great flick of emotions, isn't it? It's, it's the family squabbles. It's love. It's coming together. It's the struggles of dollars and cents. It's growing up, college family, and then the troubles with your mom. Well, actually, your dad, as far as not liking her, and then the tragedy of the death at it kind of has all those emotions all in one movie. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, I got to be honest, I feel like it's a little bit of a timepiece because as, as hugely popular as it was at the time, I don't feel like it sort of stood the test of time as a, uh, you know, a currently beloved movie. I think it's a little bit forgotten, which is a shame because it's not a great film, but it's certainly uh, an inspiring one, as you, as you said. And what's kind of interesting is Eric Siegel uh, originally wrote the screenplay and sold it to Paramount. That's pretty normal. Uh, but while the film was being produced, Paramount asked Siegel to write a novel based on it, and they published it on Valentine's Day to help pre-publicize the release of the film, and the novel became a huge number one hit uh, before the film. So that's pretty unusual to have a, a, a the screenplay exist first and then uh, write a best-selling novel uh, before the film is even released. Joe, casting, we always like to go down that road, and a young Tommy Lee Jones has a bit role in this as a friend, but talk about the two key players here, Ali McGraw and Ryan O'Neill. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, this is the film debut of Tommy Lee Jones. Um, and, and kind of a, a little fun fact about that is uh, Tommy Lee Jones is a Harvard graduate, and Eric Siegel uh, based Ryan O'Neill's character on the real-life Tommy Lee Jones and his Harvard roommate, future Vice President Al Gore. So Ryan O'Neill is sort of a, an amalgam of Tommy Lee Jones and Al Gore, who Eric Siegel knew back in their young Harvard days, which is uh, kind, of, kind of unusual. Um, according to Robert Evans, the, the, like I said, the president of Paramount at the time, uh, some of the people that either were up for the role or declined the role of Oliver um, were Bo Bridges, John Voight, uh, Michael Douglas, Michael York, um, Peter Fonda, Jeff Bridges, Keith Carradine, so uh, a whole host of uh, uh, big names at the time. The director wanted Christopher Walken 
Uh, and uh, Robert Evans said, no, he wanted Ryan O'Neill. So uh, uh, Christopher Walken was actually up for the role as well. Um, you know, talking about Harvard and stuff, uh, this is, it's just, <laughs> I find this amusing, but when the uh, uh, production of this movie uh, was on the Harvard campus, it was such a problem that it prohi- that Harvard since then prohibited all commercial filming on their campus because of this disruptions to students, damage to the campus, uh, including fake snow, killing several trees, and so on and so forth. So the production was kicked off campus uh, after only a week or so of filming, and all subsequent movies on the Harvard uh, un- that are that take place <laughs> on, at Harvard are actually filmed at nearby schools. And the incoming freshmen at Harvard University, even still today, where the movie takes place, are traditionally shown a screening of this movie, which they indulge in sort of a ritualized, mass heckling sort of mystery science theater 3000 kind of style. So uh, it, it's, uh, it's certainly got a, a popular culture in the holes of Ivy there. Joe, let me ask you this, and, and I don't know if you know the answer, so I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but it's such a big part in this movie, and that's the ability to skate and play hockey. Oliver's a hockey player. They meet at the ice rink and everything. Uh, Ryan O'Neill, did he need a double, or was he an ice skater? No, well, actually, to prepare for his role, he had to learn to ice skate, so you're, mm. you're spot on there. Ali McGraw actually had to learn to play the harpsichord, so, you know... Uh, being uh, the consummate actors that they were in their young young lives, uh, they actually had to learn those things. Um, one of the, you know, speaking of hockey, uh, and again, sort of all this Ivy League nonsense, but uh, both uh, the Cornell and Dartmouth hockey teams uh, were played by Dartmouth's actual team in the film, and the Cornell hockey coach only allowed the Cornell jerseys to be used in the film on the condition that Cornell would win the game with Harvard <laughs> University in the film. 